Welcome to the Contracting Handbook Podcast, a podcast for how to run a small contracting company. Whether you're a general contractor like me or a trade contractor, starting fresh or been in business for years, here's all the stuff you never knew you'd have to know before you started your contracting business with the man who's seen it all, your host, Mike Kenoki. That's me. All right, guys, today's topic is estimating time for your proposals. In a recent episode, I said that miscommunications are probably the most costly errors you can make. And they are inevitable. But in terms of scope of work for a project, estimating time is probably what gets done wrong the most. And it is also inevitable at the beginning, but with practice errors in estimating time become avoidable underestimating time or labor can kill your margin or has it or is it right now it happened to me in my early days of having employees and that is where I really sharpened my pencil on how to estimate time so what I'm going to do is walk through x number of things I do including estimating time by job by sub job or task by the materials that will be used and whether the work is going to be conducted by me or an employee or a subcontractor or you just don't know yet. You know, it's tough talking about these subjects, um, just rambling about it because there's so much related material and the directions I could go in each in each podcast, you know, we could go any any direction with these talks and and uh but bear with me as I uh, figure out how to navigate and explain these things and I try to weave together a tapestry of information that is functional. And probably the next podcast I'll talk about writing proposals and this is definitely where I start when I'm writing proposals. And here it is. Make a rough outline of every single task as a kind of line item so you can assign hours to each one. Does that make sense? What do I mean? Well, for me, it's a Word document. And I I simply do that so I can save it and modify it and read it because my handwriting is not improving with age. It's bad. And also, if this document is saved in the cloud, which I highly, highly, highly recommend you're using OneNote or something like that where you can access files anywhere, you can look at it when a new thought or idea pops into your head during the day as it will. So this process I'm about to explain, yes, is my uh, first step in proposal writing. And I also have a checklist for writing proposals. But more about that later. Are you making checklists yet? Make a materials list and consider what it takes to install, install them. You know, I... I guess I'm going to talk about the proposal a little bit here. This is off script, but, you know, I start by making a, a uh, an Excel spreadsheet with all the materials I'm going to need so I can send that to my provider right away. And, and that while they're working on getting me the quote back for the materials, I start the rest of this stuff. So what materials are you using? How much of them? And then, then you can start to think about what it's actually going to take to install those materials. And 
Uh, how many trips to the store will it take to get those materials? Are they being delivered? Who's installing them? And are there appliances and who's installing those? Because that gets left out a lot. And then you just wind up doing it yourself and eating it. Um, then when you go to each subtask, you know what your material is, is going to be and where it's going. So now write a brief scope of work and tease out all the, all the subtasks, subtasks underneath it. You know, um, scope of work is, you know, this bathroom remodel and tile surround and concrete vanity tops, blah, blah, blah. Part one, part two is, you know, basement fix up and finish. Um, what are we going to need? Blah, blah, blah. So then start listing your subtasks. Okay. Start with starting your order of operations with your demo. Then, you know, who next to that, who's doing this work? Is it your foreman? Is it your foreman and laborer? Is it three of your employees? Now really think through the task and the people involved. Let's say it's Let's, let's go to this demolition. How long is it going to take them? Or are you going to do it yourself? Will you need a subcontractor to come during the demo to remove something? You know, if you're in the city and you've got to have inspectors coming in and, and halting work for time, how will this affect your workflow? What will you or your employees do during that time? How will you pivot? When you all of a sudden have three people or four people standing around, it costs a lot of money. They're still gonna they're still gonna put on their time card at the end of the week. You don't get to just, you know, blow that off. So then how are these materials gonna be removed and disposed of? How much time is that gonna take? Now you've thought it through. Write down the number of man hours based on your experience. Man hours is everyone combined. Uh, whatever their pay rate, just consider man hours. Because you're going to charge a, an hourly rate, whatever whatever the uh, employee or whatever the wage going out is. Talk to your subcontractors about the project before you make your proposal and line them up with your demo. You may get comfortable guessing what a sub that you know is going to cost on similar jobs, but don't. That can bite you because they are experts in their field and may see something you've overlooked. The last thing you want to be doing is asking your respected subcontractor bro for a deal. Now you're the tire kicker, the low baller, the DIYer, and the general public. Did you listen to that podcast? Now move on to the next task on your list. Again, who is doing the work? You know what people are capable of, so really consider who it is. And always remember that if you're not doing the work, you have to consider the other people that are. Because if you use your own experience of how long it would take you, you will lose. Employees don't have the same vested interest in your business. They all have areas they shine and they have areas where they could use work. We all do. But you're in business because you're really good at your trade and had skills to take it to another level. You have a high standard for yourself, but you should never expect other people to be just like you. That's a painful lesson and one that I learned a, a while, a, a long time ago. And, uh, and, uh, when I talked to Marcus Noctegal of Broski Builds, you know, he talked about that too with, with running his crew, uh, that you can't, 
you can't put your own expectations for yourself on other people. So you have a task that requires materials you've never used before. Now you have to put time and research on, on that material and you have to train your employees or at least consider the extra time it will require them for the install. New things can really slow up the works. You, so you always have to consider that. And then you have to balance that out with is your, does, your, um, does your client need to be paying for that? Or is it out of your pocket to train your guys? Is it something you're going to use a lot? Or, you know, if it's a one-time thing and it's a special order, you know, the, it's on, the, it's on the, the client. But if it's just something you haven't used and you, because you're less experienced, then you, gotta, you kind of got to suck that up a little bit, find a balance there. Okay, what else? Uh, it could be engineering on a set of drawing that requires a lot of thought. You might need to pay your foreman to do an advanced site visit and go stare at the home and drawings. You know, how are we going to remove this load-bearing wall and not have the house fall down? You know, when that was my when that was on me, I definitely got my foreman out there and said, "Just go take whatever time it takes, stare at the drawings. There's going to be no one there. I'll have the guys somewhere else. You don't have to think about the crew today. Go there." And um, you know, cause he's running, he's ultimately going to be there every day. So he's got to have a, a plan. I'm running, you know, six or seven jobs at the same time. So I was just checking in on them at that time. And, you know, uh, this came up in my talk with, with Brian Kaplan uh, a couple weeks ago, where he said that when he was managing projects, you know, they had some complicated stuff going on and, and he called his boss to ask something about the drawings. And his boss said, you know, you gotta. You actually need to know this better than me because I'm not there. And you know that is something you really need to consider when you're when you're running big projects and and you're and you're you know you're letting go and putting trust in the in the people that are working for you. But also you know giving them what they deserve for putting that time. So have I left anything out? That's the point of putting these methods to practice. So what did I leave out of the show? I don't know. One off the top of my head is, does anything need to move? Uh, for instance, like plumbing is huge here. Does a toilet need to move? That's a big deal. Uh, sometimes, like, do you have to cut concrete? You know, and if you haven't thought of that, you know, you're just, you just lost 1500 bucks. So um, you have to plan all that in estimating time. And this is where the breakdown of projects into subtasks really pays off. Break it down as small as you want, even if it's, you know, just the number of dump runs, the, anything. Because the, the, the more you break it down into micro aspects, the better estimate you'll have. And putting in that time um, really helps you later, too, because, because you really have stood back and looked at the jobs and it gets easier and easier with time. Um, so the thing about this too, though, for some people is that, and, and I found for myself is that, wow, like as I break this down, I realized that what I thought the labor was going to be is actually way more. And I'm looking at this labor estimate grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. 
and thinking, wow, the, or you're thinking the client is just going to be like, no, there's no way. But if you've put in this time, you're confidently proposing your numbers and you can answer the questions. When they say, why does this take so long? You explain it because you've broken it down. And you don't need to explain the hours. You don't need to break it down like that to them. Uh, we'll get more on that later. But So start doing this exercise for every job, every subtask, and sharpen your pencil on it. Um, so I keep beating the drum. What am I going to say right now? You know. Drinking coffee. Uh, what am I going to say? Don't ballpark. Okay, this is where, this is where if you did ballpark, you're going, oh my God, I hosed myself. I told them I thought it was going to cost this much and the labor alone is going to cost what I told them. No materials. Planning fallacy. Also, Brian Kaplan of consulting, construction consulting. Yes, the planning fallacy. We are terrible at guessing numbers. You have to put in your research. Okay. And remember, okay, don't ballpark. Don't assume your employees work like you. Don't assume they are you. Um, your partner could probably tell you that too. Assume, don't assume what your contractor is going to charge for the job. Talk to them. Get a number from them. You have any questions? Did I leave anything out? Do you have better methods? I'm all ears. Leave a comment or a review in Apple Podcasts and I'll respond to your question on the show. That's all I got. Later. Thanks for listening today. Go ahead and email me if you want to be on the show or want to tell me what you like or don't like about it at my email, info at thecontractinghandbook.com. And this is where I say, if you have not subscribed, please subscribe wherever you source your podcast. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. Later.